Schwab Trading is now powered by Ameritrade to give you a new, elevated trading experience tailor-made for trader minds. Go deeper with Thinkorswim, the powerful, award-winning trading platforms now at Schwab. Unlock support from the Trade Desk, our team of passionate traders who live and breathe trading like you do. And sharpen your skills with an expanding library of online education crafted just for traders. All designed to help you trade brilliantly. Learn more at schwab.com slash trading. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash Enterprise Data to learn more. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, a record today for NASDAQ up eight points to 52.83. The Dow and S&P lower stocks, little changed, holding near records as investors debate the direction of Federal Reserve monetary policy after mixed economic reports. The S&P 500 index down less than half a point. At 2186, Dow Industrials down 12, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent, the Dow at 18,526, gold down 480 the ounce, falling four-tenths of one percent, crude oil, West Texas Intermediate Crude up today by 1.4 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Fashion. Fashion for women and teenagers sized 12 to 26. That's the focus of Fashion to Figure. It focuses exclusively on women's plus-size clothing and related accessories. And here to tell us more is the co-founder and chief executive, Michael Kaplan. Michael, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me here. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to create Fashion to Figure. Well, it's it's a bit of a mixed combination of... Um, wanting to continue a great legacy that my family started in the turn of the last century when my great-grandmother, owned by the name of Lane Bryant, uh, created special size clothing and really pioneered the category, bringing fashion to the figure. Our, our company name really uh, draws its history from a very famous quote of hers, which was, never ask a woman to conform their figure to fashion, always bring fashion to the figure. And when I was at, uh, in graduate school, I saw a great opportunity to kind of modernize the retail experience or the, the shopping experience for this consumer. And so my brother and I literally started the proverbial single store that we ran ourselves every day for a year and a half. And a decade later, we now sell our, our very contemporary fashion product in five channels, um, our own stores, digital marketplaces, online at fashiontofigure.com, through wholesale partners and through new disruptive um, subscription box companies. And really what we do is provide up-to-the-minute, uh, very fast uh, fashion trends uh, across a very contemporary on-trend lifestyle that people can really forget about being special size or size related. They're really getting access to the latest fashion that that really anybody would deem as contemporary. Now, your background, you worked at Lazard. Your brother Nicholas was previously at Saks. What was it like going from the banking industry into the retail business? Or is that already in well, your Well, it's, it's very different. I mean, I, I think working on Wall Street is very different than Main Street. And I think in our case, 
Um, my brother and I brought a great combination of skills, his with the, the retail background and mine with more of a finance background. I don't think that either of us would be here without the combination of those skills coming together. But for me, it certainly was an adjustment, but it's much more rewarding work now with all the people that work inside of our business um, being really both our customers and our employees who we call FTF family members, seeing how real hardworking people are out there in shopping malls across America and shopping and consuming American products and, you know, really creating the economy. It's very different to be out there among the, the people and serving them than it is behind a desk in Rockefeller Center and analyzing reports. Now, you mentioned customers. You mentioned your employees. Tell us about your vendors, because that makes you a slightly different retail company in that you don't create the products yourself, you work with, I guess, over a 100 vendors to bring those products to market. We actually do create the product ourselves. I beg um, your pardon. Ba- basically, we, um, we bring hundreds of styles across basic dressy and casual categories so that our customers, literally every time they come to our website or every time they come to our so- store, can see a new dress, a new top. They can always get a basic item of any need or, or in any, for any area of their life in a different color, in an updated, you know, style or contemporary trend. We create all that stuff with our own designers and we have terrific, um, manufacturing partners all across the world that can manufacture things anywhere from four to, you know, 16 weeks for us and get a, a very fast flow of product to the floor so that our customers always see that newness, that freshness, of fashion at fashiontofigure.com, for example, you'll see new things there every single day, and you'll rarely see an item more than, you know, $65. Well, you mentioned the price point, and I just want to uh, offer detail, right? Dresses around $50, tops around $35, and jeans uh, retailing for about $40. Is that correct? We, we think that what our innovation in the market has been has been to offer very up-to-the-minute trends at a quality and price point that is has a combination of that fashion, quality, price point, speed of flow that is not matched anywhere in the large size market. We think that we're the fastest moving assortment of on-trend fashion at a quality and price point that our customers can have. So they can always feel great with us, looking great, and and really with up-to-the-minute items across any of these channel and touch points that they have with us now. While we started as a store business, you know, we're, we're very much into the every aspect of the new economy now, whether it be a box subscription partner that we have, whether it be our own store, whether it be, you know, digital marketplaces or third-party brand, uh, vendors or any of that. What's your estimate for how big the marketplace is for plus-size fashion? Well, it's a very fast and dynamic-growing market today. Um, and I think this is one of the opportunities, which is why a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon or, you know, dusting off the kind of, um, brand story of businesses and vertically expanding into the space is because it's about an $18 billion market for apparel in today's, in, in the U.S. economy today. It's about 70 million women in the United States economy, depending upon how you slice the numbers, that are wearing above size 14. So it's really one in three women in America. So really to call it a specialty market is a bit of a misnomer. Having said that, there's a real paucity of suppliers and retailers serving that market. And that's why many people are entering in the market today, whether it be teen retailers, whether it be department stores, whether it be online startup companies or others. There's a lot of people going into this market. And, 
you know, I know it's a little counterintuitive for us to say, but we're happy that our customers have more choices. Um, you know, we're really a, a, a terrific fashion option for them at a compelling price and value. Now, Michael, just last point to you. I know you raised about $400,000 from angel investors, I believe, to when, open your first store. When we started. Right. We've, we've raised um, significant amounts of money after that. And we're, you know, we operate in eight states today with our own stores, a global website, third-party marketplaces, uh, subscription box partners, and traditional wholesale partners. So we've come a long way since that first store that we borrowed $400,000 for. I want to congratulate you, and thanks very much for coming in and telling your story. Appreciate being here. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Michael Kaplan is the chief executive and the co-founder of Fashion to Figure. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox. My co-host, Kathleen Hayes. Thank you for listening. Our producer, Sam Lenga. Our engineer, Reggie Bazil. Coming up, Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg. Coming up, Bloomberg Law is brought to you by Bentley University. What do rebooting America's oldest ski shop and crunching numbers at Vistaprint have in common? An MBA from Bentley University that prepares graduates to innovate and lead. Because businesses everywhere prepare here. Osage County, Oklahoma, is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie's based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story, about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth, and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast In Trust on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.